the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To be sure you can rebel, you can refuse the call. The fact is, we must obey the gospel. That's a strong command we're exploring next in Romans chapter 10, here on Abounding Grace. We must obey the gospel. There is no other command except to obey the gospel. Welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. That's the title of today's message, We Must Obey the Gospel. Again, we are in Romans chapter 10, looking at verses 13 through 21 today, as we consider this one command given by God through the Apostle Paul. Join us and be encouraged. We must obey the gospel. Here's Pastor Gary, and today's Abounding Grace. We must obey the gospel. There's something a little bit strange in these verses that we ought to address first thing. Did you notice the language in verses 16, 20, and 21, obeying the gospel? We're used to the language of believing the gospel. In fact, for many people, that is very comfortable because I can believe or not believe. No one can compel belief. We've been very fully nursed at the breast of individualism. So my belief is my personal domain. What I believe is good for me, but it may not be good for you. But that's what belief is. It's just relative. You like asparagus, I like green beans. It's just different strokes for different folks. Now, it's true, of course. Scripture says, believe the gospel. But the language is also, obey the gospel. Why? Because God has spoken it. We can rattle all day long about free will or no free will or halfway free will. But when it comes down to it, there's, only, there's really no decision for a sinner but one. And that is when God calls us to righteousness and peace and fellowship with him, we better believe the gospel and obey it. And if we do, all is well. We're restored to him. We have fellowship with him. We have joy in him. But if we decline the offer, we ruin ourselves. We ruin our families. We ruin our nation, as we see in our day. So at one level, right off the bat, the church needs to recover some sense of what is often called the imperative of the gospel or the imperative of preaching. We must not think in terms of being nice. 
refusing to offend. Those are not the main considerations. In fact, if we do not offend sinners with the preaching of the cross, we offend God. So we've got to choose. Are we going to offend men or are we going to offend God? I hope every one of us would say, I don't want to be an offense unnecessarily to anyone. But if I'm going to offend sinners by telling them the truth about God, that is far better than offending God himself. And if we don't impress upon men, as we have occasion to in our family and in our workplace, to impress upon them lovingly, sweetly, by our example, by our words, by our witness, the command to obey the gospel, then we deceive them because God doesn't come to them with his hat in his hand and say, oh, please, 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 will you affirm me? That's not what God does. God comes to men and says, obey me, obey my gospel, believe my gospel. Now, picking up with verse 16, God sends his gospel out. Verse 14 and 15. We looked at that last Lord's Day through a great company of preachers. But not everyone obeys. We certainly see that in this land, do we not? This may seem to contradict what he said earlier in chapter 1, verse 16. And kind of what he's been assuming the whole time through to here at this point. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes it. But everyone does not believe. Isaiah faced this very same thing. And that's why Paul quotes him here. Please turn back, if you will, to Isaiah 53. Isaiah faced this very conundrum when he went to preach. God sent him to preach his word to the Jews, and he preached his life away. But very few listened. Isaiah 53, 1. Who hath believed our report? He was like, I know that God has sent me to preach the word, and yet no one is believing. Now notice the second half of verse 1. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? You see, God's word is his power. And whenever his word is faithfully preached, the word does one of two things. It either gives salvation and life and repentance and grace, or it brings judgment and death. Paul Paul talks about this in his letter to the Corinthians. He says, to the one, we are an aroma of life. To the other, we are an aroma of death. Who is sufficient for these things? So it's not like God's word when it's preached ever lacks power. But in order for obedience to that word to come forth, In order for there to be faith in the word of God, God has to, in the language of the prophets, bear his holy arm. 
He has to reveal his power. Because why? Because in itself, the preaching of men has no intrinsic power to create faith, to even sustain faith, to encourage saints. It has no power to do any of this. God sends his word, and God's word always accomplishes its purpose for which, it, for which he sends it. But in order for it to be a blessing to us, and not judgment, he has to bear his holy arm and reveal his grace to our very hearts. So we need to be very diligent, do we not? When God sends us preachers, and for all of you, he sent you admittedly a weak one, and maybe you would actually prefer another. But God has sent you a preacher today to give his word to you, and his word in his power unto salvation, but not because of me. And we don't want that word to work wrath and judgment in our congregation because no true word of God that has ever been preached falls lifeless to the ground. In your own life, in my life, every true word of God that we have ever heard, God never forgets where even the smallest seed falls. His voice is living and it is powerful. Maybe sometimes in our life, we go through seasons of listlessness and we wonder, what's wrong? If you have been a church member all your life, maybe you're having feelings of doubt and you have been listless and there's been no joy. Well, one of the things I always go back to is how am I responding to the word preached? Because if I am simply listening passively and not earnestly, there's no power to righteousness and doubt sets in. Some of you listen to taped sermons during the week or sermons on the internet and you think, hey, I'm good to go now. But see, listening by itself may actually increase our judgment. We need for God to come to us by his power in that preached word and in his faithfulness and mercy and give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And it is the failure to recognize that we are dependent upon the power of God to benefit from the word. That makes us sit like logs during a sermon rather than pray. Lord, please, please bear. Please reveal your arm, your power. Please come through your word. I, I need to be fed. I need to be encouraged. I need grace to overcome the sin in my life. Maybe I even need grace for the first time to repent and believe in Christ. I need cleansing. I need salvation. Pray for these things, brethren. It is one of the biggest wastes of time to sit year after year and listen to sermons and never really seem to profit from them. It's a terrible thing. Let us beg the Lord to come here and to every one of his churches and say, Lord, reveal your powerful arm to us. 
Please bless the preaching of your word to be life to us and grace and salvation. But notice how Paul goes immediately to verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Even though some don't believe. Even though to some Isaiah 53, 1, right there at the end of verse 16, some of them believe, some of them don't believe our report. But still the preaching of God's word is the normal way that God creates saving faith. Turn to Ezekiel 37. This is perhaps one of the most vivid illustrations of this truth. And very necessary for our age, particularly as the appetite for preaching diminishes. Even the leaders of our once great Christian nation barely even darken the doors of the church today. There is no reverence for God's word. Ezekiel 7.1 The land of the Lord was upon me. And carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. He caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. So Ezekiel is standing there. He's probably a bit startled by the vision. He's surrounded by skeletons. They are bleached white and brittle from the sun. Verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said to me, Prophesy or preach upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath within you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. You see here, The Lord teaches the prophets of Israel, as he will go on to say, that they are dead men. They can't hear. Do you know what sin does? Sin gouges out our eyes and rips off our ears so that we can't see God's glory in nature. And we can't hear God's glory when it is preached to us. We can't hear it. We are dead. That's why I'm not an Arminian. Even though I'm sure I have many brothers who are godlier than I am, who may be. And that is one of the reasons I don't believe that man has to exercise his will before God can do anything pertaining to salvation. I don't believe any of that at all because dead men don't make any choices except the wrong ones. We are dead in sin. But what does the Lord tell Ezekiel to do? Ezekiel, stand there in the midst of these bones. What an eerie, loathsome, even macabre thing to do. He says, stand here and preach. Deliver a sermon in this valley of bones, Ezekiel, because I tell you what I'm going to do. 
through the preaching of the word. I'm going to clothe these skeletons with skin. I'm going to put their organs back in place. I'm going to put a heart in there. So as it goes on to say later in the chapter that it is going to beat again. And everyone is going to know I am the Lord. I'm going to stop the reading here even though we could go on because notice why the Lord does this. Verse 6. Notice why he chooses this way to bring dead men to life. It is so they will know I am the Lord. My power has done this, not man's. Salvation is of me. It is not of man. It's not of manipulation. It's not of statistics. It's not of performance. It's not of presentation. It is of me. So that everyone will know that I am the Lord. Now the church has often forgotten this. Even though it's a very simple lesson. During the late medieval period, ritual replaced preaching and ceremony replaced proclamation. It was a terrible time. Consciences were troubled. Priests pilfered the goods of men throughout Europe. Tyranny in the state and in the church increased. There was no preaching. And ignorance abounded. The Bible was even in the list of books that the people were forbidden to read. Then God sent the Reformation, which whatever else it was, it was certainly this. It was God's gift to the church to restore the preaching of his word. And therefore, clarity about Christ. Therefore, peace of conscience. Therefore, holiness in life and joy in life. That is what God sent to us But you know, we're in danger today of another dark age in the church. Because again, we're replacing preaching. This time with performance and theater and other such things. And ignorance of God's word has rarely been greater than today. We probably have to go back eight to ten centuries to find a time of greater ignorance. And what always follows in the wake of ignorance Rebellion, broken societies, even tyranny. You know, we can complain all we want to that the Federal Registry of Laws is as big as that piano. But it's our own fault. Because whenever men turn away from God's truth, and when the church doesn't proclaim that truth, but turns her, but, but turns her God-given commissions of proclamation into a sweet, feminine, therapeutic, relational, non-offensive presentation, then what? Well, sin wreaks havoc in society. And tyranny has to step in to maintain some kind of control. And these are all old lessons. This is nothing new. There's nothing surprising in any of this. So how are we going to reverse this whore? We have to walk in faith. God says, preach my word. Do not let a day go by without you daddies being a little preacher in your own homes. Mamas, you be a little preacher to your children because he says, my word is my power unto salvation. 
In the church, we need to preach the word. Paul said to Timothy, in season, out of season, in the face of opposition, among friends, preach the word. Why? Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. So that everyone will know when I do great things through the preaching of my word that it is all of me. So we can't trust today's gurus of church growth, can we? Because they say preaching won't work. At least not that old kind of preaching. It's irrelevant. Men lack the ability to pay attention. But beloved... God creates through the word the ability to pay attention. We may say, well, men don't even have the basics of language anymore. We can't preach by texting. Men don't even have the basics of language. God, through the preaching of his word, though, creates those two. Have your children where God is preached every single week because that is where His power is. And He creates the attention needed. He creates thinking skills. He creates language skills. Or He gives men the desire to seek them so that they can profit from His Word. In other words, God's Word creates life. It creates faith. It creates salvation, holiness, joy, and peace through the preaching of the Word. Now we need to make sure what is preached is His true and pure Word and not our vanities. Much today that passes for preaching, not only because of the style of it is beneath God's majesty, but even more so because the content of it is not honoring to God. God doesn't send preachers to say, thus says my personal vision. Thus says what the masses want to hear. Thus says the experts of the day. God sends preachers with one message. Thus saith the Lord. Because my word is what cracks the rocks of human rebellion and splinters the high trees of Lebanon. As mighty as they were, it just shatters them, breaks them by his power. It breaks human pride and idolatry and lust, etc., etc. Now turning to verse 18. God wants men to hear this word. Now the results of it, and who's saved and not saved, that's his domain. That's not our worry. But he wants his word to go out. So let that be the first point you really stick your hat on today. God wants his word to go out. Has he given you his word? Do you believe he does not want you to hide it under a bushel basket? He does not want you to just sit there and say, well, I've got the word. Everyone else must be stupid. Hallelujah, I'm my own fan club consisting of one member. I'm my own elitist think tank consisting of one charter member, me. Beloved, if God gives you his word, he wants it to go out. Paul quotes here from Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. 
day to day utter speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where the voice is not heard. Their voice has gone out through all the earth. Why does he quote from that here? Well, God creates the world as a theater to reveal his glory so that men could not, as Calvin said in his institutes, open their eyes without being compelled to see him. So God obviously from the very beginning wanted all men to find their life in God and to behold his glory. Problem. Sin has, as I said earlier, gouged out our eyes. It has ripped off our ears. We don't see God's glory in nature any longer. So what does God do? He sends the preaching of his word. Because we are now at Ezekiel 37. Sin has made us dead men, women, and young people. And God has to create life in us before we can see any sparks of his glory in this world. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402-1484, Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.